Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I have safely arrived to a certain mindset. And I don't want it to sound negative, but just hear me out. Uh, everyone can't help you. And for my negative Nancy's, I don't want you like, yup, see, that's exactly why I don't ask somebody for nothing. I do everything by myself. No, that's not what I'm referring to. It's just that, like, let's do some examples real quick. If someone were to get into your car to drive it, what's one of the first things that they're going to do? Adjust the seats, adjust to mirrors, to whose liking? To theirs, right? So if someone were to come into your home, more than likely, if you offered them something to drink, you would have to give them a variety because... One size doesn't fit all. Maybe your temperature in your home will need some adjusting. It's like, hey, you got a fan? Do you got a blanket? Do you got... Because everyone has their own set of expectations that need to be met. So when approaching a situation in your life, the person is more than likely going to help you according to their adjustments. When I'm and I'm, I'm visualizing as I'm talking because this is fresh off the press. I want you to visualize you driving in a car. And I want you to see life as no one can drive your specified car. But what people in your life can serve as is, you know, the yellow lines, white lines that's in the road they can serve as guidelines to make sure that you don't get off course that is why it is extremely important that when you are speaking to the chosen person for whatever situation in your life that they answer you according to your particular characteristics and your wiring. That is why it is imperative that you ask advice for people who truly know you through and through. A lot of the times people feel like, no, I need an unbiased opinion. I need it, you know, someone who doesn't really know. And yeah, that typically does work dependent on the situation. However, when you're speaking to your friend, when you're speaking to your relative or what have you, please make sure, even if you have to give the caveat yourself, don't answer me according to your liking and how you would see it in your lens. I need you to answer me according to what you know about me. You see what I'm saying with that? So for instance, when I got married, you know, and God bless people, they truly do want to help. But I had relatives come and tell me, you have to walk around with lingerie and make sure that, you know, you giving it up when all the time and, you know, what they had all these different set of advice, but it was from their experiences. So here I am trying to figure out, okay, so how am I supposed to walk around the house? Because again, I'm one of those people that my feet is always cold. You know, my hands is cold. I'm always at walking around the house like, is it cold in here? I'm always cold. Not particularly anemic, but definitely someone who gets the little shiver me timbers real quick, right? And so 
all of a sudden, when it's cold, I'm wearing these skimpy little, because, you know, I, I have to walk a fine line. We got kids in the house, but I got a husband. You, you understand? You feel me? And so I'm walking around, and I remember coming out the room, and the first thing that my teenage son asked me was, where are you going? I was like, in the kitchen. He was like, yeah, but why are you wearing that? And so I shooed it off like, whatever, he's a teenage boy. He don't know nothing about what I'm trying to do for my husband. You know, whatever. He'll he'll find that guideline appreciative once he gets his wife, you know, in a couple of years. So when I went in the kitchen and I'm, you know, whipping it up, chefing it, flicking a wrist, if you will, my husband, lo and behold, came in behind me and was like, where you going? <laughs> and I'm like, I am in the house, sir. Like, why does everybody keep asking me that question? Now I'm starting to feel a little bit sensitive. And so he was like, yeah, but why are you wearing that? And I'm like, ooh, deja vu, the negative version. What's going on here? So I explained to him, like, I'm trying to be, you know, ooh, it's sexy. And because um, what I really did, sidebar, let me tell you what I really did. You know the summer dresses? That is real, real cute. Um, you get it for Forever 21, or that's why I got this particular one from. And what I essentially did is I tried to make one of those cute little dresses, something that, uh, you know, you get to walk around in that, was, was super cold. I'm talking about igloo, uh, believe me. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I did the hair, and I'm, mm, and so they didn't see the typical bonnet, the fuzzy socks, you know, her real level of comfort. So they were like, guess you're going somewhere and if you are why are you going in a dress that's that short because you know she's tasteful very conservative she don't like to go out and have all her um reproductive system out in these streets and so resuming back to the conversation with my husband he was like uh, clueless on why I was wearing what I was wearing and I was telling him like a particular aunt told me and my grandmother you know, I don't want to talk about nobody's grandbaby. Um, you know, I'm supposed to walk around the house this way, that way. And he was just like, please don't. Yeah, but that doesn't do it for me. He was like, you, you don't, I want you to be comfortable. You don't look comfortable. And I was like, I am comfortable. Meanwhile, back at the lab, her knees is nothing. You know, goosebumps just a goosing. Because she was cold. Super cold. And I was like, I am comfortable. What are you talking about? Like, you know, she's good. He was like, no, 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 listen, that's not sexy to me. If I can sense that you're, you're not comfortable, that's just not going to do it. So eventually we got to the part of what's sexy to him, how does he view it, and lo and behold, it was my sexy. Let me tell you something. She went to somebody's Walmart. They had that little um, section of thermals, but I got it real form-fitting, and then I got um, some other little pajama pants but I got it where you know it makes it it makes it jiggle just a little bit longer when you walk in you you know what I'm talking about right so I went and got, got one of those I went and got me um some biker shorts real quick you know so that he can see what he working with as I'm working with what I'm working with you see and thank god that that was comfortable and thank god that that was sexy to him you know, walking past, he had a little, he felt like he wanted to hit the bass real quick, so I let him do the drum line. You know, hit that, sir. That's yours. Yes, sir. That's your wife. Yes, it is. And I felt so much better. And so, again, I arrived to the notion everybody can't help you. Another idea of just 
someone trying to help. When I was working in a call center environment, I remember that I had someone who, you know, I made a great couple of friends. And what do you do in a call center environment? You do try to help each other out. So every now and again, I would have a particular seasoned worker or one of my fellow peers say, hey, let me just jump in real quick and help you with your stuff. And I'm like, cool, great. And then I always noticed that when I went behind either the next day or whatever days following up, and I would go into the files of what they tried to help me with, I was like, what? I was having problem reading the notes. Your acronyms is not my acronym. What the heck is AF? You got me testing to see if I'm good at my job and English at the same time. And so I've realized very um, quickly, all help is not help. Okay. Uh, if I have to go back to you to ask you what you did, then that's just double the work. And at that point, did we, did you really help me? You know, God bless the intent, but the outcome is not what neither one of us would deem as help. I feel like just with those two examples alone, people can give you framework. People can't give you specified help. Like someone can walk into your home and say the refrigerator belongs in the kitchen but they can't detail how your kitchen should look. They cannot customize a look for a kitchen that fits your palate and theirs at the same time. Someone cannot come into your bedroom and say, okay, this is the color scheme, this is the feel, this is the comfort. All they can tell you is that a bed belongs in here. You may want to get a dresser or two, something that you can put your clothes in. But for instance, for years, I didn't have a TV in my bedroom. I just didn't feel like televisions belonged there. I, did, I thought it was a, because I'm not a TV person, I thought it was an unnecessary appliance in the bedroom. It just didn't make any sense to me. So when you are journeying this thing called life, please understand that, yes, you absolutely positively are going to need help. But very few people can help you according to your palate. That is why I am very, very, very careful that when I'm speaking to my friends or I'm giving advice, I give it from standing in their shoes, literally. And then I come back out their shoes and I give them an unbiased opinion. Because that's what I feel like true advice should stem from. It makes no sense from someone to give you advice based on how they would approach a situation now in some circumstances yes that does work but overall that is not the rule of thumb of help the rule of thumb of help is from what you know of me and from the situation that is occurring give me a strategy and then come out of that thing and then give me a generalization like for instance the generalization for a teenage boy is what? They're stinky, hormonal, you know, disrespectful. They start feeling themselves about whatever. I don't have the typical teenage boy. My son, praise God, is not fumigating, you know, the existence with his BO. I don't smell him. He is not with it. As a matter of fact, um, I don't want to talk about nobody's grandbaby, but I have flipped. I have this stinky girl. I d listen, I don't, I don't want to gossip. That's not, that's not what I'm trying to do here. But generalizations don't really help. 
So, you know, and I think a lot of people get tripped up in that. You try to generalize your relationship, your marriage, how you should be parenting, how you should be working. Uh, that is why so many people get tripped up in their journey because they, America itself, because I can only talk about the country I lived in, we have so many generalizations, it is ridiculous. If you really sat down and really thought about it, you would be like, oh my gosh, little stuff. The male should be taller than a female. So now you got females walking around here really giving these short dudes a hard time. You know, your Boaz could be a midget. Don't get it twisted. I don't know if that's politically correct, midget. Small person. He could be a couple of inches shorter than you, sis. He just may be, you just may tower him just a tad when you put on the heels. You know, don't, don't get it twisted. Don't have these generalizations have you walking around here being lonely. You see what I'm saying? Then, you know, we have these generalizations that we feel like certain complexions go with one. Compliment one, the better. We have these generalizations that entry-level jobs should only be for a certain age. We have, I mean, you can keep going and going and going. You should be living here. You, your kids should be going to this kind of school. You know, your daughter's hair should be this long. That's why when people post pictures of their kids, okay, inches, or you got this pressure now, so now you have these braided weaves and, and these frontals on these little girls. Let that baby's hair grow. She just may be OG pixie haircut. She, everybody don't have to be Rapunzel. You see what I'm saying? And so I want you to look at your specified life and understand that there are some things you're just going to have to say, you know what? I got to mind my business. You have to mind your own business. You have to be mindful on who you allow to help you with your business. Because I'm not saying you to go in your, you know, your silent corner and nobody can't help you because nobody don't know. And I particularly want to talk about relationships. Everyone can't help you there. And you know, where I'm from, mind your business means uh, it has a negative connotation. I'm not even going to hold you. It is a, you shouldn't be so nosy. Depending on the octave, it, it's an invite to a UFC situation. <laughs> I said, mind your business. So that is the precursor to you finna be getting these hands in a little bit contingent upon your body language and your reply to what my statement would just, oh, what you said? Oh, okay. Because I know if I had to stand up or we was going to be moving some furniture, but cool, I can just turn my chair back around. Okay, we good then. So mind your business. You heard it clear. Thanks. But please, please, please understand that there are designated people who are supposed to help you during certain stages of your life. And I very much want someone to come into your life and help you, come into your vehicle of your car that you're journeying and help you alongside of it. But I don't want them to start driving and adjusting based upon their level of comfort. Because once they exit, because no one can drive with you forever, everyone has to live their own lives, right? Once they exit your car, now you're left to try to drive according to their standards and their measurements and their palate. And that is super dangerous. Make sure that before you ask for advice, that you either fill the 
prompting of the Holy Spirit leading you to say, hey, you need to go ahead and call such and such or, you know, get this advice from this particular person. Or you just, if you don't know, just pray, God, who can help me in this area? And I'm more than certain because I've done it many a times that God would give you a person that they would give an on-time word in due season and you would be like, oh my goodness, I needed that. Because the last thing that you need is someone who gives you information that is just not palatable to your situation. And it's like, I feel like I should have never called you. You have angered me to a point. Oh, girl, you need to leave him. Oh, uh-uh, you chose her as your wife? Listen, what I, w- I would go in there and tell that boss this, that, and the third. Yeah, but you know what? You're not left with the aftermath of me being asked, um, where are you going? <laughs> because I decided to take on somebody else's advice on how to wear and be sexy around my husband. You see what I'm saying? Please get to the point that you become a great student to your specified situation. Let me explain something to you. No one on this green earth can tell me how to love my husband. You can give me generalizations that are specified to the male species where respect means a lot to a man. Respect means love to a man. A man feels most love when he's not verbally disrespected. Uh, A man really, really thrives on feeling appreciated, not only verbalized, but nine times out of 10, they also want to see it displayed in some type of physical, tangible capacity. Got that. Boom. I'll go ahead and take that, write the check, give it to you. You cash it. It's cleared. No bouncing. Great. But no one can tell me how to love the man that I made a covenant with. No one can tell me how to praise or encourage or inspire any kind of level the man that I lay with because I lay with him. (laughs) I'm the one that, you know, okay, you was like, please don't go TMI. I'm not, I, I realize. After the conversation on feminine hygiene, I realized TMI is not your thing. I get it. We can move forward. Same thing with my children. You can give me these generalizations of, you know, teenage boys are going to blah, blah, blah. And, you know, girls, you know, once they start preteen and you, ooh, watch out. No, you can't give me, I don't care how long you've been teaching him in the school system. You can't teach my child the way that I would teach them it's been times that I've had to go up to my daughter's school ask them can I sit in on a situation you know whatever it is that you guys are learning so that then I can then go back home and break it down to feed her the way that is palatable for her and this notion came up because I was speaking to my grandmother the other day shouts out to my nanny nobody tell her that we be talking about her the way that we do no because I don't want her thinking we gossiping praise God that you know she just she's landline bound <laughs> you know very much doesn't answer her cell phone unless it's an emergency so don't you know keep it between you and I okay great was talking to her and we were reflecting on my anniversary was coming up and this that and the third and she was like oh okay how long you been married and every now and again I don't know if it's just that generation or what it is but she'll go ahead and squeeze in throw in a little bit of negativity real quick a little bit of negative nanny oh look so what we did there okay she'll go ahead and throw in something negative real quick and it's like I didn't ask you to can you not do that please 
So when I was talking about the wedding anniversary, she was like, oh, okay. Because, you know, five years, they say, is when it's the hardest because, you know, nobody can really make it after five years. And then society says seven years is the mark that, oh, people don't usually make it after the seven-year mark and blah, blah, blah. And you have to get to the point that you're like, I hear the generalizations, but I know my situation. Any other uh, conversation, we, we probably could have had that on any other relationship I've ever had. But when it comes to me and my husband, or good grandma, my husband and I, there are just certain things that we are so eye to eye on that it's like, listen, I'm not even going to be naive enough to feel like, oh, we're unbreakable. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that two people who are glued into God on the level that we are and are willing to work at things that each other finds, hey, that doesn't complement one another or this unit or yourself individually. And when you are willing to try to change something, you are willing to put in place, hey, this is what needs to be done for the greater good of this covenant. When you are plugged into the source that you're like, I don't care what happens, I'm going to always stay plugged up. And when you trust another, each other enough that you feel like you are not going to give me advice to hurt me and I'm ex accepting of whatever it is that you say. I smell a recipe for deliciousness, to be honest with you. I made a commitment to my son. I said, listen, I don't know what it is about black mothers. And I, that's the only kind of mothers I can talk about. Or at least black mothers, the black mother that I was raised from. It seemed like around the teenage years, that's when, oh, I almost dropped the phone. Um, it seemed like around the teenage years, it gets to the point that it's like when you hit, heads it's get out my house and so I made a commitment to my son that I'm going to push the envelope of letting you know when it gets too much for me or, or when I feel like we're butting heads because I think what this essentially is is you get to a place where this is your child but your child is becoming an adult so you want them to respond and still act like a child but you still want them to be an adult. You don't want to respect the adult that they're evolving into. And so I just had a candid conversation with my son. I'm like, listen, I don't, I see the detriment in telling a teenage child, get out. What do you possibly think that they're going to go out in the world and do? Be successful after that? Some of them do do go ahead and do so. But what you've initially done is something very detrimental to their future adulthood. And I'm not trying to add any more scars. I already know I'm not perfect, but I'm not trying to add any unnecessary scars to any other situations that my son may or may not have to unravel with his wife when, when he gets into a covenant. I'm not interested. And so I had the con candid conversation with him of letting him know. Sometimes mothers don't know how to correlate or raise a child because I've never been a man I'm emotionally wired you are logically wired you see things a little bit differently than me your voice is getting deeper uh and so I may hear disrespect because your tone and your bass is is on another octave now and so I think that if we really took that approach with not only 
our children, not only in our relationships, we will really get to a place that we've realized advice is just a generalization. We have to then go back home and make it palatable to our specified situation. I don't know where I would have been if I continued to take everyone's, because we're not going to call it advice anymore, we're going to call it generalizations, everyone's generalizations as my truth. I didn't do everything according to the book. You know, shouts out to being human. I didn't cross every T and dot every I. I but I didn't become a statistic. I literally had this notion in my mind that just because I made a mistake, it doesn't make me a mistake. Just because I didn't do it by the book doesn't mean that my story ends. I was very much glued to that notion that I am not going to lose. Then when I had children, it was like, oh, dog, <laughs> they just became the battery pack. The positive, the negative, put it in, you know, make my situation. Remember, we talked about using your situations and not feeling it emotional, not wearing it in the center like Iron Man, but putting it in the back so it can fuel you to a better place. You see where I'm going with that? Remember the conversation, battery packs? Okay, we'll go back and listen to it. But this conversation, I want to challenge you. Where have you possibly taken generalizations and tried to eat it as is, as, okay, this is what I have to work with? No. You have a set of crayons, a set of generalizations, a set of advice. You can then go home to your specified canvas and you go ahead and blend those crayons and colors as you want praise God that we're not just limited to the primary colors red blue green yellow that's it thank God that someone said you know what this pink needs some neon I want to see neon and as a matter of fact I want to see neon orange I want to see neon green thank God that someone said yeah I see the generalization crayon but I want to go ahead and make it palatable to me that's what I want us to do don't have yourself walking around how they was looking at me when I tried to be cute in the city and was cold in these streets uh and try to make it where you wearing something and it's not even palatable to your situation that's why I think a lot of relationships fail girl he ain't no good you need to go ahead and blah let me tell you something if I was your wife what I would have done yeah but nobody's that's not advice that is selfish intent unless someone asks you verbatim what would you do in this situation you don't give advice from that stance the stance of advice is once again church what I know of you Here's how I think that you should strategize this particular problem. What I know of you. Because if you're going to learn a wide array of what everyone else's advice and everyone else's generalizations are, then that is equivalent of going to every single school, every single class, and figuring out how every teacher teaches their students. Do you know how tiring and overwhelming that would be? Right. That is why you need to be a student of your own situation. 
gather as much information as you can about your situation. You need to learn your boss your supervisor. You don't need to learn everybody else's. That is why it's very difficult, especially in the call center environment, because I had to go through it. When my supervisor was out for the day, oh my goodness. That means that for the day, I had to learn somebody else's way of working, which was just, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Okay. You try to go ahead and babysit somebody else's kid. You will quickly see, oh, I went in the ring. <laughs> They're raising you completely different. Not that it's bad or good. It's just you can clearly identify this is different. I wouldn't give my kid whole milk because I'm, the kid is not a calf. Okay? Cow breast milk is for their babies. And I just don't feel, you don't want to go there? Yeah, okay, so I'll just go ahead and skip. Yeah, but there's just certain things. You see where I'm going with that? There's just certain things that you'll see very, hmm, that's different. But if you're going to babysit someone's child, you don't babysit them based upon your palate. Your parents decided that whole milk is for you. Guess what's going in this cup? Whole milk. That's just it. But as for me in my house, there won't be no whole milk. You can have a nice day. No one's shrinking that. You're not putting in your cereal, not making no shakes with it. It's just not happening. And that's how that goes. Please be a student to your situation. My challenge to you is to literally go old school with it. Pen to paper. The situation that you're trying to get advice on, have you gathered all the specifications and are you a true student to that circumstance you want to ask questions about the person that you're in a relationship with and you need advice can you truly say that you've been a student of that particular person because that is the only true way to really get headway in any situation Okay, you and your supervisor bumping heads, you and your coworker not really whatever. Can you be a student to that particular situation? Maybe your supervisor is trash prior to getting coffee. Maybe you have a whole bunch of questions in the morning that should wait until the afternoon. I mean, I'm being honest. Be a student to your situation. Is it that you need to move out of that apartment or is it just you haven't really designed and, you know, put your furniture in ways that make it spacious? I don't know. And I just loathe. I don't know when this happened. You know, the old school setup where your furniture is set up like an L. I don't like furniture that feels like you're going through a maze. I don't want to play Tetris to get out of living room. I just I don't. I think we should be okay with one or two pieces of furniture. I think long gone are the days of the coffee table. Why? Nobody drinks coffee there. <laughs> what do you need that there for? It's an unnecessary block of furniture. I, you don't need the love seat, the recliner chair, the long sofa. That's too much furniture, especially how we're making you know, houses and apartments now. You don't need all that furniture. Why are you trying to fit all that bedroom furniture inside of that? No, you don't. Why you choose that headboard? It makes the room look smaller. You see what I'm saying with that? 
are you truly being a student of your own situation? And before you ask anyone for advice, make sure that it's someone who's going to give you sound advice based upon what they know of you. You you see what I'm saying? But okay, that's it. That's all I got for you. I just want us to do a better job at not running to the phone before we go ahead and become a student of our situation. Because if, you know, any parent, when you're helping a child with homework, the first thing you say is, let me see your classwork. What did your teacher teach you? Because you're not about to learn all the work just just for one question, right? You want to learn, okay, so what kind of student have you been? Because the type of student you've been will help you with the homework. What type of student you are to your situation will help you in the rough times. You and your mother are bumping heads. What do you know about your mother for this particular situation that will help you? You and your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your your child, your whatever, whatever the X marks the spot, whatever the situation is, right? What have you gathered on the front end that will help you on the back end? And that's essentially what it is. Because if you want to go ahead and ask me, and I'm going to go ahead and raise my hand because I feel like you're asking me. I feel like hardship brings some form of amnesia. That is not the time for you to conveniently forget who it is that you are in relationship or, you know, co-worker, whatever, who you're in relation to. That is not the time to forget Oh, you didn't have your coffee yet, so I already know asking you is just going to be, it's going to irritate the both of us. I might as well just not. That doesn't mean that one morning you just feel like, no, today I'm going to ask you this question. You're going to get this question. How did that help you? How did that help you? You see where I'm going with that? So I guarantee that any situation right now that you are experiencing hardship with, I guarantee that if you go back and look, you have to admit you were not a great student in that area. You were not. Because when these hardships come up, you should be able to go back through your notes and say, okay, I know exactly what to do. I wasn't expecting it, but I took good notes. You see what I'm saying? But feel like you got what you needed go back and look at your challenges really make a sound assessment on the type of student that you've been and if you need help you know how to ask for the help don't just take generalizations you need a specification to your situation but as my good good nanny says all right I ain't gonna hold you I'm going to go ahead and finish my laundry. But go ahead and do what you need to do. I'm going to call you back because I have something else I need to talk to you about. But I ain't going to hold you for long. Okay? All right. Later.